a split second later, I was like, okay, actually, it's perfectly okay for Matt to be feeling exactly how he's feeling. Let me just give him the space to feel what he's feeling. But in that moment where I was arguing with reality, I was rejecting part of Matt. Welcome to the Abundant Couples Podcast. We are your hosts, Cassidy and Matt. And we're here to help you, awesome growth-minded human, create the most flourishing relationship that you know is possible. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into topics of relationship, intimacy, and lifestyle freedom. We believe that a great relationship is fuel for everything else in your life. So let's jump in and get fueled up. Hello, magical people. In today's episode, we're going to talk about what I call the ick cycle and how to recognize it and how to get out of it. We're also going to spend some time talking about unconditional love and what that means and then how to break that ick cycle to return to unconditional love. We actually recorded this episode back in August when we were in the middle of a cross-country road trip. And you'll hear we start out, we kind of have the giggles at the beginning, but we do get into some really good practical stuff that I hope you'll find super useful in your own relationship. Enjoy. So I'm sure you can all think about times when you're... <laughs> when... <laughs> you just have to go like, oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I can think of times. I, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you can all think about times. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When you are just, like, feeling you wish your partner would do something different than they're doing or would just stop that or would just do that, and it brings on this, like, ick this tightness, it's not a nice feeling. Nope. Nope. So how do we get back to unconditional love? What is unconditional love? It's accepting every bit of your partner exactly as it is right now. Mm -hmm. Accepting every part of your partner, every feeling they have, every thing they are exactly as they are right now. Just loving them as they are. Easier said than done. And you might think, but I really don't like when they do that thing. Fair enough. It doesn't mean that we want their behavior to be exactly like it is. It doesn't mean that we won't, you know, make requests or set boundaries or um, talk about ways that we can both grow and improve and be better partners to each other. But in this very moment, if you are rejecting any part of your partner, how they are, how they're feeling, you're cutting off the flow of love Mm -hmm. and you're no longer in a space where you can connect deeply in order to even have that growth, have that change. Yeah. Yeah. And remember that you chose your partner for all that they are. The whole package and it's all perfect yes yeah yes and if you're rejecting part of them essentially you're rejecting them and 
that doesn't do well for your relationship. Yeah. So what happens when we're rejecting part of our partner, we're stopping the flow of love in that moment. And that is a real feeling that you can really feel, especially if you're attuned Mm -hmm. to noticing the feeling of your heart being open versus closed. You can really feel that moment when the love starts to stop flowing. And what happens then in your partner is stirs up. Can you talk about that a bit more? I'm sure. Hmm. Because I know out of the two of us, you were definitely more attuned to it and kind of allowed me to grow into that. But I imagine there's a lot of people and I've always got more to learn too. What that looks like. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think it's something that can be cultivated by spending a lot of time focusing on the heart and feeling the heart space. So you can do this through heart meditation. It's a really great way to do that, which I have some heart meditations on my website. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But really like getting familiar with what does it feel like when my heart is open and there's a free flow of love really getting familiar with that feeling and resting in that feeling for longer periods of time. So practicing in a heart meditation is a great way to get familiar with that feeling Mm. and extend the amount of time you can rest in that feeling because there aren't any um, external distractions or things that will cut you off from that flow of love and then practicing together. So We've practiced this doing things like eye gazing, Mm. just sitting across from each other, gazing into each other's eyes, feeling our hearts open, feeling that flow of love and just being in it. Um, Another way that had been really powerful for us too is remember doing that where we're just seeing each other as a God, Mm. seeing like I see you as God, you see me as goddess and Mm -hmm. we just like really spending, I don't know how long, 20 minutes or something, just gazing at each other and seeing each other as God, as goddess, Hmm. Um, or whatever flavor of that you want. You know, you can see them as their highest self or seeing them as love itself. But Hmm. you can practice that together as being in that open, loving space the more you familiarize yourself with that feeling Mm. of the free flow of love, then the more you notice when that love gets cut off. Right. Yeah. Cool. And for us, it's like as soon as there's a bit of a rupture in the free flow of love, it's like quite painful because we're used to being in such a flow of love that it's like, ooh, ah, Yeah, we can't stand it for more than a couple minutes. Like, all right, let's clear it up. We've learned to not let anything go or fester because yeah it's painful and does does have an impact Mm-hmm. yeah totally so getting really good at kind of getting your ego in check and not being afraid to admit wrongdoing i think really helps repair any rifts that uh can come up yeah because there's that choice of do you want to be right or do you want to be happy and again back to mentioned before it might seem like more interesting or enjoyable to like be right in this situation but if you choose love and happiness it's 
in the long term way uh way more fulfilling yeah and so it's about going going from a space of feeling like you're against your partner Mm -hmm. so in those moments where you feel like you want to be right or you feel judgmental towards your partner thinking they should be doing something other than they are Mm -hmm. you're putting yourself against them yep you're not on the same team you're opponents in that case yeah so it's shifting from that to okay wait how can we be on the same team here about this and we might have an issue over here that collectively we want to work on but we're on the same team working on this thing rather than working on each other yeah Yeah. exactly Yeah. yeah linking arms facing this challenge together instead of trying to attack each other yeah And again, the cool thing kind of related to what we were talking about last episode is the more you can just be grateful for and the more you can appreciate everything about your partner, just the more things you will have to enjoy and appreciate. So when you choose to focus on all the great things and just like love the perfection of everything about them, then you have a perfect partner, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay, so I started going through this cycle. Yeah. So I'll, I'll come back to that. So it starts with, so you have some kind of judgment or criticism about your partner. Yeah. Then that cuts off the flow of love. We talked right. about that. Yes. Then from there, when that flow of love cuts off, it starts to trigger the whatever attachment response each of us has. So mm-hmm. whatever like early childhood attachment wounding you had will get kicked up as soon as there's a rupture in the flow of love Hmm. it's just what happens so if you have this deep kind of unconscious fear of abandonment from early childhood when flow of love gets cut off first thing that kicks up is oh my gosh they're gonna leave me Hmm. and it might not come to you consciously but this is the feeling that's being generated from the unconscious um So whatever your particular flavor of that kind of attachment wounding is gets triggered when the flow of love is cut off. So then what happens, that causes us to be either defensive or to withdraw or to attack because we feel that we need to protect ourselves from being hurt in some way. And then from there we then judge that, yeah. <laughs> right? So it completes cycle. this cycle yeah. that can, I'm sure you've been in a situation where that cycle keeps spiraling and doesn't go to productive places. Yeah, it's basically a, a spiral down. So how do you cut it and spiral up? Yes. So how you stop the ick cycle, I call that the ick cycle, (laughs) by the way. How you stop the ick cycle is by turning the focus back to yourself. You get into this ick cycle when all of your focus is on your partner and what they're doing wrong or something that you're rejecting about them. That's called projection. So what projection is, it's kind of what it sounds like. Imagine a projector on a screen. So Your partner is this blank screen and you are creating a projection on them that really doesn't have a whole lot to do with them and has a lot more to do with what you are feeling and experiencing inside that you haven't brought from the unconscious to the conscious. And instead of 
bringing your awareness to what you're feeling inside and allowing yourself to feel. Maybe you're feeling hurt in some way. Instead of allowing yourself to feel the pain of that, it feels a lot easier to just project it onto your partner and figure out what's wrong with them. So how do we get out of this? We do a U-turn, bring the awareness back to ourselves in that moment. The moment you notice you're pointing the finger, thinking your partner should be some way other than what they are, that is the exact moment to turn that finger around and take a look at yourself. Not to blame yourself or to put yourself down, but to bring loving attention to yourself and get curious about what you are needing right now and what you are feeling right now. Yeah. Cool. And then is there anything you do from there? Well, that, I mean, that's a whole practice in itself. It's something that takes practice to be able to turn that attention back to yourself and feel what you're feeling. That's a whole process in itself. Um, right. But so one tool that's super duper helpful for this is Byron Katie's The Work. Mm, yeah. So say, for example, what's an example we can use? Oh, we have an example. <laughs> Last weekend, we were at my favorite event, Summer Folk Music Festival. Um, my whole family has been going for ever since before my parents had kids. So my whole family came together for Summer Folk Music Festival this uh, last weekend, and it's always a great time. And I love to dance. Like, I love to dance. Yeah, like professionally trained dancer. Yeah. Yeah. And Matt's not a huge fan of dancing. Not as much. Not nope. as much. I like to listen to the music. Mm -hmm. So it, you, there used to be this dynamic when we would go to summer folk or other such events where there'd be some really fun music playing and I would want to dance and Matt wouldn't really want to dance. And we'd be in this weird place where I'd want to, I'd try to get him to dance and I would feel like, oh, he should want to dance with me. And one of two things would happen. Either Matt would end up dancing with me, but, well, you can speak for yourself. Yeah. What would happen? <laughs> um, yeah, it's just slightly uncomfortable. Um, not, not quite my scene. I prefer not to. So you're just like kind of doing it because you feel like you have to. Yeah. But not really enjoying right. yourself. Yeah. Or I... I there, there are moments that I would enjoy for sure, but I'd probably rather not. Right. Yeah. So either that would happen or I would end up sitting with him and not fully enjoying myself because I would rather be dancing. Mm -hmm. Or we do the awkward half thing. Yeah. Where... We're both like standing, bobbing, half dancing. Which we started doing, yeah, this this time. We were both kind of like standing there, bobbing a little bit. Yeah, and then... Neither of us is fully enjoying no. ourselves because Matt would rather be sitting and I'd rather be dancing yeah. my pants off. So I saw my, my family there and was like, you know, I'm going to go sit with them and she go dance. And he's like, yeah, that, uh, that sounds great. That sounds fun. Yeah, so I went and danced yep. full out. Yep. And Matt sat and enjoyed the music yeah and we both had a wonderful experience mm -hmm. okay so why we tell this story so mm -hmm. in the previous way of doing things there was this dynamic going on where we were both 
arguing with reality. And it would likely start with me rejecting part of Matt by going like, ah, I wish he would just want to dance with me. And then that cuts off this flow of love. And what kind of response would that create in you? Yeah, I suppose a feeling like there was something wrong, that I should want to do this. Yeah, just didn't feel, didn't feel great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's an example of like an attachment wounding is this feeling that there's something wrong with me. Yep. Like there's something inherently wrong with me. Yeah. And that gets kicked up when that love gets cut off. And so then you would eh, probably withdraw as your unusual. Yep. Kind of withdraw, kind of get quiet, kind of be there, kind of not. Yep. And then I would feel bad about making you feel bad. And it just creates this whole ick cycle. Yep. So instead, what we can do in that moment, I feel like dancing. Matt doesn't feel like dancing. If I notice myself have the thought like, oh, I wish Matt would just feel like dancing right now. The moment I notice that thought come up, I can pause and I can turn it around. One of the ways that Byron Katie teaches to turn it around is to actually think about the opposite of that statement. So I wish Matt felt like dancing right now. Actually, let me rephrase the statement. It's easier to turn around. The belief I'm having is Matt should feel like dancing. If I turn it around, I can say, I should feel like dancing. Is that at least as true? Yep, it is, because I do feel like dancing. (laughs) Or I can turn it around by saying, Matt shouldn't feel like dancing. Is that at least as true? Yes, it is, because he doesn't. And there's if you if Matt doesn't feel like dancing, the only possible the only possible reality in that moment is that Matt doesn't feel like dancing. It's already happening. So it's not possible that he should feel like dancing because that's not reality. The reality is he doesn't feel like dancing. So it's true that he shouldn't feel like dancing because he doesn't. Yeah. Wow. So then <laughs> I can stop arguing with reality and thinking that Matt should be some way other than he is. And I can just go dance and enjoy myself fully. And now Matt's free without that projection from me. Matt's free to just enjoy the music. Mm -hmm. And then we both have this great experience. Yeah. So there's an example from our experience. So I'd invite you to think about in your relationship, what ick cycle do you tend to fall into? Maybe there's one that comes up pretty often. I find for a lot of people, there's cycles around one person wanting to do something and the other person not wanting to. Yep. Even in little moments. Yeah. So maybe you can think of something like that in your own relationship and what you think about your partner in that moment. They should do this. They shouldn't do that. If only they would da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, and it could even be something small like, oh, they're not listening. You know, you turn that around like, oh, I'm not listening. Or they are listening. You know, you can, the turnaround is super helpful and you can do it in any moment. And it's very simple. And it, yep, just turns your beliefs around. And if your beliefs are causing unhappiness, then oftentimes that's that's quite helpful to do. Yeah. So I love the, the not listening example one, yep. because if you're sitting there, If you're having a conversation with your partner and you're feeling like they're not listening to you, 
And then you're feeling frustrated because you're thinking they're not listening to me. Then when you turn it around, the first thing you'll get is I'm not listening to me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I was Mm -hmm. up in my head thinking instead of being present or I'm not listening to them. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's probably true also because I'm focused on how they're not listening to me instead of just being present. So right in that moment, then shows you the way forward, which is being present and listening to them. Mm -hmm. So that's the turnaround from Byron Katie. The work of Byron Katie has four questions and then the turnaround, which is super valuable, but I've already done a podcast episode on that one. So you can find it earlier up in the episodes if you want to learn the whole process. So yeah, turn it around and love every bit of your partner. Love every bit of your partner. We had um, an example. Let's give one more example from yesterday. We were about to do a podcast recording yesterday. Mm, Yep. And Matt wasn't really feeling it. Yep. Do you want to describe your experience? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Not feeling it. Okay, fair enough. Um, Should I describe your experience? You describe what you think I was. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. Tell me if I'm off base at all. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we were about to go record a podcast episode. These things come more naturally to me than they do to Matt. He's not like a huge fan of speaking publicly. So sometimes the podcast, yeah, sometimes the podcast recording kicks up some resistance for him. Yep. And it's something we've experienced, you know, several times along our podcasting journey. So we were getting ready to sit down and do the podcast. And then I notice, uh oh, Matt's starting to get into this like, inner turmoil, resistance, like I can feel it happening. So he said, oh, I'm really not feeling this or something like that. And I said something like, really? <laughs> yeah, 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 right. And <laughs> that was my first response. And my my first reaction internally was like, oh, why do you have to like... <laughs> why do you have to be like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, why can't we just do it? And can't yeah. it just be fun? Yeah. And it was just a split second. Like mm-hmm. a split second later, I because I've practiced this a lot, a split second later, I was like, okay, actually, it's perfectly okay for Matt to be feeling exactly how he's feeling. Let me just give him the space to feel what he's feeling. But in that moment where I was arguing with reality, I was rejecting part of Matt. I was was feeling like it wasn't okay for Matt to be feeling resistant to recording the podcast. I wanted him to just... Love it. Love it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. So in that brief moment, even though it was only a second, the love was cut off. Matt could feel that. Could you feel that? Yeah. Yeah. And then that stirred up in him all of this, what, self-judgment. I guess so. Like then you were feeling like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling like this. Yep, a little bit. Um, Yeah. Started closing off, like you said. Closing off, withdraw. Play my hang drum. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) went and played his hang drum. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then you told me afterward that you were also feeling in that moment that 
I shouldn't or that I should <laughs> let you feel how you're feeling. Yep. So it so then he started Yeah, should fight. Rejecting yeah, should fight. <laughs> yeah. He started rejecting part of me that was rejecting rejected part of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, that's this ick cycle. So he's yeah. feeling, oh, she should be letting me feel how I'm feeling. And I'm thinking he should just want to do this. Yep. So, so yeah, it comes up and I'm sure it comes up in on the daily and small ways or big ways. But the way we got out of the ick cycle yep. was first I noticed myself, oh, I'm rejecting part of Matt. Let me just allow him to She's feel what he's feeling. Me playing with a pen right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, let me just let him feel how he's feeling. So I turn it around. He shouldn't feel that way. Turn it around. Oh, he should feel that way because he is. And that's perfect. Let me give him that space. Cool. And then Matt realized he was caught in this thinking, Cass should let me feel how I'm feeling. Yep. And then you turn it around. To I, oh yeah, I should feel how I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah. I should let me feel how I'm feeling. And then you realized, oh yeah, I was so focused on that Cass wasn't letting me feel how I was feeling that I wasn't letting me feel how I was feeling. Yep. Yeah, I so was then, kind of closed off. Exactly. Yep. So then you gave yourself a moment to feel how you were feeling. True. To welcome it. Yep. To let it be okay. Yeah. Yeah, it felt way better after that. Yep. Yep. Because you were no longer rejecting part of yourself. For sure. And the lesson here is usually when we're rejecting part of our partner, it's because we're actually rejecting part dun, of ourselves. Which is why we then project onto them. Yep. So in that case, you were rejecting me, not allowing you to feel how you were feeling. Mm hmm. But in reality, you weren't allowing yourself to feel how you were feeling. It was me the whole time. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. True. So this is why the turnaround is so powerful. It yeah. gives us a moment to stop. Stop pointing the finger at our partner. And care for ourselves in that moment. What do I actually need right now? And once we both did that, the ick cycle stopped right then. Yep. And instead of being in this, it wasn't even at like, it no. was only this small moment of it. Yeah. But for us, those small moments are, because we don't really have them much anymore. They, that's what shows up for us. So it, it, it doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel great. Yeah. yeah. So instead of staying in that not great feeling, then we were able to come out of that, come back to love. Yep. Be in that unconditional love, have more understanding for each other. Yeah. And then we realized, hey, it would feel much better if we just recorded the podcast tomorrow. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Voila. Yeah. Solution. Instead of playing the blame game and yeah. wanting each other to be feeling something other than we are. When we turn it around, come back to love, then we're on the same team. And we find a new way. Yeah. The procrastinating way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a little bit about unconditional love and how mm. to return to unconditional love. Yeah. In summary. The way to be. Yeah. In summary, anytime you are rejecting a part of your partner, you are not in unconditional love. And how do you return to unconditional love? You 
turn it around, care for yourself, and then realize that actually your partner is perfect in every way Mm -hmm. because they are. Yep. Because that's reality. Like the only way they can be is how they're being right now. And if you're rejecting that, then you're rejecting all of them. And if you're loving that, then you're loving all of them. And then there's just so much to love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, there are many more tools and many more like deeper aspects that we could talk about when it comes to how to actually love all parts of your partner, like really the inner work that that re- requires and the like how it requires me to do my own inner work to love that part of myself, to be able to love it within you and all that. But that's beyond this podcast episode. We're going to keep it shorter and Mm -hmm. simple this time and give you that practical tidbit that you can use to get out of that ick cycle and return to love. Yeah. Have fun with that. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and a review and share it with the people that you care about because we can all use a little more love in our lives. Until next time.